Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may recall that on a number of different occasions, I have been fond of quoting in a sermon the words of G.K. Chesterton, speaking as an apologist for our faith, and claiming that there is only one unanswerable argument against Christianity. Christians. I suppose the meaning of this quip is that you can't argue against scandal. However fine a presentation we might give on the doctrine of original sin, the redemption, the workings of grace, when unbelievers see Christians sinning, they are content to conclude that Christianity is a hypocrisy and must not be true. Now, I know you would all be capable of making a long list of sins committed by Christians, which would be chiefly responsible for this scandal. But there is one form of scandal, which a lot of you might forget to put on this list. I am speaking of the scandal of sadness. If everything Christianity says is true, why are Christians not happy morning, noon, and night? Today is one of two occasions during the church year when the sacred ministers wear rose vestments, a symbol of joy. In both instances, this is done in the middle of the two great penitential seasons of the year, Advent and Lent. The purpose of these two Sundays, then, is not to cheer us up as though penance had made us sour and melancholic. The Church reminds us, rather, that penance, when it is practiced for the love of God, should bring us joy. Joy may be defined largely as a delight in a good which we possess already in some measure here and now. Thus, in a natural sense, joy is only a sentiment, an emotion, like its opposite, sadness. To that extent, joy and sadness are neither good nor bad, for we are not always masters of our emotions. The acquisition of a new house brings us joy. The departure of a dear friend brings us sadness. But if we consider joy from a supernatural perspective, we perceive that joy is an effect of divine charity in the soul. It is love in regard to a spiritual good here and now. This spiritual joy is immeasurably greater than mere emotion. We are not masters of it, for it is a free gift of God. But if we lose it, it is through our own fault. How could we lose joy? Any mortal sin takes away charity from the soul and joy along with it. There is one sin which is directly opposed to joy. The opposite of supernatural joy is sadness. Not just any kind of sadness, but what the Apostle calls the sadness of the world. 
St. Paul says, The sadness which is according to God worketh penance unto salvation, but the sadness of the world worketh death. The sadness which is according to God is contrition, sorrow for having offended God. This sadness is a gift of God. And far from being opposed to joy, it is the friend and even the foundation of true joy. It is love for the spiritual good which we have lost and a fervent desire to regain it. St. Peter wept bitter tears after he denied his master. But these tears were the start of a deeper conversion. The sadness of the world is another creature altogether. There is one breed which we know well enough, sadness over another person's good, spiritual or otherwise. That is the deadly sin of envy. But as bad as the sin of envy is, there is a sin which is even deadlier to joy. For it is possible to have sadness not only about another's spiritual good, but even about our own. It is possible in the depths of a soul wounded by original sin to form the bitter resolve that the spiritual good which we do not have or which we have lost is unattainable and not worth fighting for. This is the deadly sin of sloth. Sloth is not simply laziness. Laziness is only a venial sin. The Greek word for this sin, atidia, asidia, means literally not caring. It might be better translated by sullenness or even discouragement. One of its closest cohorts is scrupulosity, that wretched spiritual disease which fills a man with a thousand suspicions, causes him to see sin in everything and renders him able to love nothing. We could say more about scrupulosity as well as about sloth and envy. But today I would like to insist on the word which embraces all of these, sadness. The earliest spiritual authors, fathers of the desert, did not hesitate to call sadness the eighth deadly sin. That was simply because their way of numbering the capital vices ended up with a count of eight. But today it holds for us a particular rhetorical effect, as though to say, if you didn't get the point when we were talking about sloth or envy, you'd better listen up now. Why should Christians ever be sad? All the trials of this world, the temptations of the evil one, our own self-love cannot hurt us if we stay in God's grace. The only true tragedy in this world is dying in the state of mortal sin. And if you are in the state of sin and you are sad about having offended your God, rejoice, for you have the grace of true contrition. Christians have no right to be sad. The great St. Teresa of Avila called this life one night in a bad wayside inn. During this short life, we may have grief, sickness, injury, scandal, betrayal, but it's all going to end very soon.
We all have eternity to look forward to. Of course, we must hope for heaven and not presume. But that has nothing to do with being sad. We all have a grave duty to be joyful. I don't mean that we have to go about the whole day smiling from ear to ear, making insipid remarks about how life is great. If you are not given to exuberance, be assured that the quiet joy of a St. Joseph is just as worthy in the eyes of God. Joy is delight in a good which is possessed here and now. And who among us would dare to say that we do not already possess our Lord in a large degree already here in this life? We have the Catholic Church which he founded, the source of all graces here on earth. We have this beautiful church and countless others where our Lord is really, truly, and substantially present. We have confession, extreme unction, matrimony, holy orders, all the sacraments, visible signs which contain the grace they signify, supernatural signposts to keep us on the road to heaven. Our patron, St. Francis de Sales, would be content to preach for hours on this subject, but I will content myself with one short passage today in conclusion. What a happiness to belong entirely to God, for he loves his own, he protects them, he conducts them, he brings them into the harbor of a desirable eternity. Remain then thus, and never permit your soul to be saddened or to be in bitterness or scrupulosity, since he who loved it and who died to make it live is so good, so sweet, so amiable. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.